This might be the episode where I finally add the explicit tag to the podcast. Oh yeah, I guess we just we. Natural for a lot, and it's stuff that I don't want to cut out because it was funny. This episode contains explicit language. Oh. To the Animorphs Book Club, where we read the Animorphs book and be natural. Hey, Stuart, describe what the Animorphs Book Club Cubs podcast. I already did that. I already did that perfectly. No, it needs to be like a certain amount of time so I can have the intro music. Okay, this is the Animorphs podcast. But that this is the Animorphs Book Club podcast. We read Animorphs. Is the Animorphs Book Club podcast? Okay, I'm not gonna keep doing that. Go on. Snails are snails are slow. Okay, let's uh, let's let's start then. <laughs> All right. Uh. Book 12. Oh, I'm Be Natural. I'm Better. I'm Mustard. I'm Stir. I'm so excited to talk about this book. Man, you guys are... I, okay, you said don't talk about the reactions in the Discord, and why? Uh, I just don't want it... I don't know. I don't want it to seem to come out of nowhere. We can explain it first, though. It's, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a totally natural thing to bring up. It's like, oh... So you, you like this book? Why is that? We have to, have to um, yes, exactly. We have to explain how we know that we like each book. So mustard and stir in the disc in our Discord, which we have. Discord is an app on the internet which we use to communicate and talk about our Animorphs Book Club podcast. And you can join our Discord server. You should do that. It's pretty cool. We use these things called emotes, which are like little symbols that represent feelings and thoughts. And we use those little things. You get you follow to. Uh, you click on the three dots, and then you click... Oh, I'm sorry, you don't. You click Add Reaction, and you may add a reaction to the book. And I noticed that you guys, in doing so, have added the reaction indicating that you liked this book. You guys are idiots. And you guys as in me and Stuart, not better. Yes, yeah, better, better said, a, said a meh. I have to say, I don't, I don't think meh is good enough. Um, because it's saying, and it, it, the, the connotation of meh is that I didn't really care about this book either way. Like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. I, I definitely felt strong emotions about the book, but the, at the end of reading it, I wasn't really sure if there were positive or negative emotions. So that's why I did a meh. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think I love this book. I felt very strong emotions about this book, and they almost, none of, they were not positive. Like, my implies that my emotions were not very strong, but my emotions were very strong. Well, you can, you can add additional emotes, too. You can put, like, a conflicted face in there if you can find whatever that would look like. Because, yeah, when, when you hear mad, it's like, oh, I guess it was boring. Well, no, this was definitely not, like, a eh, boring book. This was, like... This book was terrible. This book was the worst book so far, definitely. Whoa. Well, this book didn't make me hate it the way... This book made me hate the characters a bit more, but it didn't make me hate yes. the book the way that the Rachel was like a freaking sociopath in this book, and I don't like <laughs> Absolutely. that. Absolutely, it's not my Rachel. Yeah, that's kind of well. Dude, I love this book so much. She, she, she <laughs> lies to the animorphs twice and puts them in life-threatening situations twice, and then at the end of the book, ever she doesn't even get punished for it. Everyone's just like, okay, it's fine. She's Guys, just a freaking sociopath. Let's do the summary. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah, let's do the summary. I think I'm not doing the summary because I would just 
devolved. You'd say the- in this chapter, Rachel is dumb and Capital Gate is dumb for making it. Chapter yeah. two, Rachel is dumb and Capital Gate is dumb for making Rachel do this. Exactly what I would say. Anyway, summary. Uh, doop-de-doop. Chapter one. My name is Rachel. I won't tell you my last name, UX, etc. Chapter two. Some kid falls in the crocodile pit at the zoo where Cassie's mom works. Rachel points and shouts, look over there, then jumps in the crocodile tank and morphs into the biggest crocodile there so she can save the kid. Afterwards, Jake tells Rachel that she shouldn't be morphing in public. Chapter 6. Some teenage heartthrob plans to endorse the sharing. They need to stop him. Rachel goes to his website. He's going to be in town in two days. Suddenly, Rachel morphs into an elephant and falls through the floor. No one saw her morph, but news reporters want to know how it happened. Chapter 10. Rachel tells Cassie about accidentally morphing in her house. Chapter 11. Chapman tells Rachel her grades have dropped. He invites her to the sharing. Rachel almost morphs while she's in Chapman's office, but she stops herself. Chapter 13. The Animorphs go to the beach as seagulls to spy on teen heartthrob. They reach the yacht, and Jeremy Jason McCall is on its aft deck, making a deal with Visser 3. He's selling his mind for movie fame. Rachel's body morphs, and Visser 3 notices. He jumps off the boat. Rachel becomes a crocodile and takes a bite out of Visser 3. Chapter 18. The sudden morphing was caused by an allergy to the DNA. Rachel convinces the others that she got rid of the allergy. She still has it, though, and she'll be on TV in a couple of hours. Chapter 21. Rachel's body starts rejecting the crocodile DNA backstage. Rachel goes into the bathroom to secrete the crocodile's body as she morphs into a grizzly bear. Both creatures make their way backstage. The crocodile runs on the stage and almost eats Jeremy Jason. His yurk leaves his head, then Axe kills the crocodile. Rachel kills the yurk. Chapter 26. The Animorphs get together in the ladies' restroom to demorph. Chapter 27. Back at the hotel, Xena Warrior Princess plays on the TV. The end. Right, let's start with the cover. Okay. I like this cover. Uh... The, the version in our PDF, I mean, our physical books that we have, are, is really, really, really dark. But I have the actual cover pulled up, and it looks a lot better. And I like this cover. It's a nice... It's, I like I like this teal color. I like that she's standing on a rock instead of just floating in space. Yes. I like this teal color, color scheme. But I don't like how her hair is solidifying into, like, a crooked, crooked crocodile scale. <laughs> It's, and it's still kind of hellscapish with the uh, sky. It is very hellscapish, but it's appropriate. It's like they're on Venus turning the alligators. She's going to turn into an alligator and jump off a cliff. Yeah, what's the dark background? Oh, it's, it's like a swamp. I assume it was a lake. It's just abstract, but it's, it's, it's less abstract than the others, and that's what I like. Yeah. It's a lot like uh, the message. No, out, out of... Out of the first 12 books, this is one of five that the, the guy who does most of the covers didn't do. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he didn't do 1, 2, 9, 10, or 12. He didn't do 10? Okay. No. Ten was a ter- ten, 9 and 10 were terrible covers, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not sure if he did all of them after this, but he's definitely most of them, for sure. This one's good, though. Yeah. I, this one, I would have never thought that someone else did it. I think it's weird. The, the towel is kind of weird. Um, and I think it's weird that Rachel is starting 
in this weird position that a human wouldn't usually stand. Yeah. She like has her arms up like an alligator. She's like role playing as an alligator. She's diving into her morph. She's diving right in. No, she's like has her hands up like she's surrendering and then she turns into alligator. Uh, the title of this book actually makes sense. Oh, the title of this book I think is the one the best. I certainly had a strong reaction to this book. <laughs> well, there's so much acting in this book. Like, there's Rachel's like allergic reaction, and there's a girl's reacting to the guy, and there's like that. What are you talking about? By that logic, there's a lot of reacting to every. There's reacting in every book. Yeah, but there's more in this one because there's also. Like, the, oh, I'm turning into a fly. <laughs> well, that's not, that's not a reaction as much as it is a. Uh, yes, it a, is. Okay, it's yeah, it is. it is okay. Hey, the tagline of this book is trust no one, and that kind of makes sense because uh like Don't trust freaking Rachel sociopath. Do you know it's like don't don't trust celebrities? Don't trust Rachel. Yeah. Don't trust celebrities. Jeremy Jason didn't do anything wrong in this book, and I'm standing by that. Yeah, Jeremy Jason, I think is one of the most likable characters in this book. I act like they don't. He he definitely he's way more likable than any of the animorphs in this book. Actually, and Rachel and Rachel just tears him apart. Like, oh my gosh, how could he do such this terrible thing? He's so bad, man. He should have been eaten by the alligator. He's uh, he's just this terrible. Yeah, how hell? could he possibly do what he did? He betrayed me. He's just the worst kind of human being. He no, betrayed he's... me. He treat me, and I don't care anymore. Did you explain what he did exactly in the yet in the summary? Okay, well, like, he okay, made so a deal with Rachel three. That's it. He... Yeah, all he did. Okay, he's like twelve, right? He's like their age, and is he? he yeah, I think he's like sixteen. Well, it said he's shorter than Marco, so I have to assume he's like thirteen. Okay. All he did—he doesn't know anything about the Yurks or anything. All he did, okay, right? They see like very little of his interaction with Visitor Three. They just assume he's like the Lord of all evil. They just assume he's like in cahoots with Visitor Three, and all Visitor Three said was like. Oh uh, yeah, if, we, if you let us perform this procedure on you, you'll become really, really famous and awesome. And then he's like, "Sounds good." And of course, he's gonna do that because he's like a freaking shallow thirteen-year-old. Any thirteen-year-old would say that. And then Rachel's like, "Wow, I can't believe Jeremy Jason McCall is not like a super insightful, deep guy who would have seen through all this somehow and not wanted to be more famous." I just can't believe it. I hate him now. And I didn't get that. I thought the whole because this whole book, she and Cassie are drooling over this guy and. I, I got the impression that it was just a very shallow, like, a very shallow, like, oh, he's very pretty kind of crush. Like, not like a, oh, I love his personality and I assume he's a very smart and insightful person who would always do the right thing kind of crush. Uh, I think usually when people have a crush on someone like that, at least if it's, like, the one person that they have a crush on, it's usually someone they respect, in a way. It didn't, I don't, I, I don't, I just saw it as, like, her, she saw him at, she liked, he was pretty and that's it. She, she, I mean, she never really made any indication that she liked him for anything other than that. Well, she like wants she wants she wants to meet him, you know, and he's like all over these magazines. So obviously, he like has he has a voice in media. I mean, she, she's attracted to him, so he wants him to be a good person, you know. Like pe- people will assume that people who are attractive are good people. High standards, as in being able to read Visitor Three's mind and not wanting to be more famous. Yeah, he like literally like makes a deal with the devil, except it's like Visitor Three. Well, yeah, I I think the thing is the animorphs just see voluntary controllers as such shallow people. But to me, like from the outside, what the Yorks do is they make it so you make better choices and you don't like, yeah, they make you make better choices, basically, is, is what they do. And you have friends. 
So uh, to me, that's a very normal thing that someone would agree to, to go to, even to give up their freedom, because some people don't care about freedom as much as others, as obviously the Animorphs do. Well, the Animorphs just assume all the voluntary, every voluntary controller is, like, just evil. Yeah. The, the concept of voluntary controllers is one of the most interesting things they've brought up and never explored so far, so... Because they're just evil. No one, they, they can't, they have no redemption, they're evil. The Animorphs just hate giving away freedom, and they think it's just the worst thing ever, hence why they didn't answer demons. Yeah. That's true, you're right. Voluntary controllers are the ants of the human world. Oh, wait, hold up. What did you guys talk about when I was uh, gone for a few seconds? We just talked about how Rachel hates this celebrity dude because he uh, is a, was a voluntary controller. Well, I assume I assume that uh, Jeremy, Jeremy, whatever his name is, like doesn't completely understand what he's getting himself into. Rachel seems to think that he somehow understands like what this procedure is. All you know is that Visitor 3 walked up to this little boy and said, Do you want to be famous, kid? And then he said, Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> I, I'm under the impression that he knew mind control was involved. I what, there's no reason. There's no. I mean, there's no. There's reason. no reason to assume that. Yeah. Well, no. The Visser Three and the Yurks in general know that voluntary controllers are better. So if he's like, "Yeah, I make me famous," and they start serving slugs in his head, he's not going to be voluntary. So they, I, I'm under the impression that Visser Three said, "Listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have you uh, be controlled by this Yurk. It's going to make good decisions for you. It's going to be able to control your body to make you more famous, be a better actor." Uh, all you have to do is follow through with it. And that that's what they... Yeah, the that's a good point, because if somebody was like, hey, you don't have to live your life anymore, but you still get to exist, then that yeah. would seem like a pretty sweet deal to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, people... Well, you'd think people would... All right, well, still, he's not... How is he supposed to know that that's evil, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Rachel still, like, it, it holds him to way too high a standard for her cute little boy toy. Exactly, I'm not holding him to any higher standards than I would do. I mean, like, yeah, it's being, it could, it sounds like it could be sort of cool, especially if you explain it in the right way. I think we all agree that Rachel is like unreasonably upset that this guy is a volunteer controller. Even, I think, uh, I think in chapter one, she says, like, oh, and there's some horrible people, just soulless human beings who choose to be controllers. I can't believe them. Yeah. And then they, then they all hate the taxons for being uh, controllers too. But, but the way I see it, voluntary controllers too, but the way I see it is like, they knew they were gonna lose. So, like, if if somebody was wiping out the human race, but it's like, hey, um, you get to still survive, but like, like even if I valued my freedom, if I if I just said no, I would they would just kill me, right? Yeah, join the winning team. Join the winning team. But no, they wouldn't kill you. They would just put a slug in your head anyway. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, speaking of slugs in bodies, my first note is that in in this book. Rachel says, fear is like the vicious little worm that lives inside you and eats you alive. You have to fight it. You have to know it's there. You have to accept that you'll never get rid of it, but fight it just the same. Um, yeah, you know, the worm inside you. Has she said like the exact same thing in book two? Yes, that was my note. In book two, she said, fear is like a worm inside you. It eats you. It chews your guts. It bores holes in your heart. It makes you feel hollow, empty, alone. Fear. Even the cool parts of this book are just plagiarized from earlier success. Rachel just really likes comparing fear to worms inside you. For some reason. Yeah. I can't stand the idea of a worm inside me. It eats you alive. So, okay, so chapter one, nothing happens. It's just a recap. Chapter two... Hang on, uh, I kind of want to talk about the recap a little bit. This is the uh, most nothing recap in the whole series. Yeah, maybe this wasn't in the recap. Uh, 
this is the most like nothing happens in chapter one. Usually yeah. it's like there's at least something like he's there flying or they're playing hopscotch or whatever. And this one it's just hey this Europe's whatever. Yeah, this is just a recap. Hang on, there was one part that I liked. I think it might have not been in cap chapter one, but uh, uh Rachel was talking about uh, Marco. And she said, oh, he's very smart, but unfortunately he uses all his brain to make stupid jokes. It's definitely in the chapter where they introduce the rest of the characters. Yeah. Which isn't usually the first chapter. Uh, wait, what? It's not? Then it's chapter three. Four. Yeah, that is chapter, that's chapter five. Wow. They, they never introduce the, the characters in the first chapter. Unless they're, unless they're like, oh, I'm with my best friend, Cassie. I didn't know that. Okay, I'll just bring that up later then. No one likes it. Anyway. Uh, oh, okay, I actually do have two comments. Uh, she, she mentioned she mentioned the Alamist, which mm-hmm. I don't think has been mentioned like at the beginnings of the books, except I think someone said it was mentioned in Megamorphs, but it hasn't been mentioned since then. I just thought that was weird. So I guess it'll... I assume it's going to come back at some point since they keep mentioning it. Um, well, she just mentioned it as to be like, oh, there's some races that are way more advanced than us, and there's some that are only a little bit more advanced than us. Yeah, I thought it was a little absurd that... Uh, Rachel said that elements are to humans as humans are to cows. I don't think that's fair to like cows because elements was like God controlling time. We are not that far above cows. I don't think. Yeah, dude, cows don't understand like lights. Neither do we. I don't. I don't understand lights. I don't know why light switches work. Okay, yeah, electricity. Well, but how does that happen? You think every single elemist understands how time travel works? <laughs> they do it. Not every single. Do you know that every single Elemist does time travel? You don't know that. You've only seen one of them. Do you do think the Elemist knows the, what the fuck he's doing? No, he just was like, oh, create a future computer, create an alternate future universe or something. And then it didn't. He doesn't know. Still, I don't think it's. I mean, cows are dumb. Like, I, I've like been on a farm and they like, the farmer straight up said, yeah, these cows are idiots. But uh, I, I think it's more like cows to humans as humans to Andalites. I don't think. I think Elemist is so far beyond humans. Andalites aren't that... I don't think Andalites are that far above humans. They talk about Z-Space, and they, like, go to different planets. Yeah, but that's... that's but that's basically... Okay, so they basically... Actually, he's, like, ridiculously smart. Like, he's, like, deus ex machina smart sometimes. Why are we arguing about this book, Cap, when there's so much cool stuff to talk about in this book? Is there right. cool stuff in this book? Nothing happens. <laughs> Just really... Uh, well, one thing I thought was interesting about the Cap, quick, uh, she called Tobias a casualty, and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, because okay. Marco obviously doesn't see it that way. Yeah, and neither does Tobias. So I guess like it, it's interesting that Tobias is like Tobias is like girlfriend sees him being a hawk as a casualty. Speaking of Tobias, <laughs> you're right. I didn't think about that. Rachel doesn't develop her relationship with the Tobias Tobias at all in this book. Yeah, yeah. that was dumb. There's like nothing. She yeah. does open a window and say, "Maybe Tobias will come." Maybe over. Tobias will come. <laughs> she just goes and masturbates to picture of her boy toy instead. So real nice. That's true, yeah. Because this this one, it was really polarizing because it was like, well, okay, polarizing probably isn't a good word, but she's like, she's suddenly like so infatuated with this random kid, and you're like, and I'm like, what, what, whatever happened to Tobias? Like, it doesn't seem that Rachelie to just be obsessed with a celebrity, especially not Cassie. Cassie, Cassie doesn't care about that stuff. Why does she care? I mean, okay, I saw it as like a, I saw it as total, as like a totally like you know celebrity crush type of thing, where it's yeah. just, oh, I think he's pretty. But again, that's confl- that's contradicted when she like suddenly cares about what how good of a person he is. But wh- whatever, we already talked. No, about pretty, pretty has like uh, uh, like actions in it too. Like like my mom, for instance, has a huge crush on Edward from Twilight, and it's mostly because he's like this gentlemanly figure that she likes a lot. Okay, whatever. 
Can we just can we get to Nice is Neat? Yeah, yeah Nice is Neat, my favorite my favorite industrial band. Yes. So uh, Rachel goes on a school field trip, but it's to her, the zoo that her mom owns. And that's no, that's Cassie's mom owns, and she works there. She doesn't own it. Cassie's mom works at the zoo. Yeah, she owns the animal rehabilitation center. She doesn't own the zoo. She like, but she's she's not like a lowly employee. Like she's like a you know manager or something. She's a high ranking employee. I don't know what the zoo hierarchy is, but she's like an important zoo person. Yeah, but she wants to be hip. So she so she, so uh, Cassie's really really worried that her mom's gonna start talking about uh, like all the, all the she has to be cool with the kids and she's worried that her mom's gonna talk about the fudgies Snoopy Diggity Dog Boys Eleven Men. And- <laughs> Ice is neat. Boys Eleven Men is my favorite. Yeah, I, I've 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 said Boys Eleven Men before, just because I thought it was funny. I like Nice is neat because it's like Cassie uh, wanted to get a new Nine Inch Nails CD, but she told her mom and N I N stood for Nice is neat. Great. I can't believe Cassie's listening to Nine Inch Nails. It seems too vulgar for no, her. No, no. She says she says in the book that she's buying. She bought it for Marco. Well, she bought it for Marco. Marco wanted him to, wanted her to get the CD so he could make a tape. Which I was disappointed by because I was like, whoa, Cassie likes NAN? Wow, she's she's suddenly cooler. And then she's like, actually, I don't like it. Well, no, and she wouldn't. Like, okay. she, wants, she wants to help Marco make a tape. Marco would like NAN because Marco likes the stuff I like. Marco, Marco dresses like Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Uh, and she says, she says, I know my mom's gonna say something like saving endangered species is cool, like listening to nice is neat. And uh yeah, I was really looking forward to that scene, but instead this book happens. <laughs> oh, I wasn't looking forward to that scene at all, because I've seen so many kids shows where they're like, Oh, my parents gonna embarrass me. And then and then they learn about how they're supposed to love their parents or whatever for like who they are. And I'm like, Oh, oh, I'm so glad that that scene wasn't in there. I wanted to talk about nice is neat some more. Okay, talk about nice is neat some more. What about no, I mean, I wanted the book. To, I wanted the book to talk about nice is neat some more. How is nice is neat the best she came up with? Like, that's, that's just two adjectives. What does that even mean? It's not. It's neat to be nice. <laughs> Being nice is neat. Shouldn't it be like niceness is neat or something? All right, we're gonna learn later that Cassie is not the best at just coming up with things on the spot. No, no. she's terrible at it. Very consistent with her character. Well, that's good. No, she's just pretty good when she's like, oh, and a light. You mean, and a light? That was pretty epic. It was pretty epic. Well, I assumed maybe that, like, that's what the guy meant. Is that guy certified? No, that guy definitely was a certified. That guy was definitely trying to bait her. Well, and a light doesn't even make sense in that context. Why would he say, and a light? He's trying to get her to be like, what? Yeah, I'm saying, I'm asking still, like, why would he say that if not talking about the alien? That It didn't even make sense in the context. No, the, the lights are off. And she'd, she'd need a flashlight to leave without tripping. Anyway, crocodiles at the zoo. Um, Yet again, Applegate takes a, another shot at something I find I like. You know, I really thought this these book stories would be like like uh, like um, Wildcrats would be like, oh, here's let's introduce you to a bunch of new animals. Oh, I bet you I bet you think grasshoppers are the worst animal ever. But you know, all animals are special and unique and pretty cool in their own way. But this book, but so far I'm finding that Animorphs isn't like that. It's pretty biased. Well, this book did make me uh, sympathize more with uh, rodents and birds. You mean the series? This book specifically? 
Oh, I mean the series. Yeah, the series okay. made me care about birds a lot more than I used to. I don't, yeah, the series made me sympathize more with the rodents and birds. Yeah, but when it when it comes to a crocodile, it's like, nope, these things are evil. Stay away from yeah, them. They're bad. Definitely like And then it's just not like, oh, crocodiles are cool. You know, reptiles are bad just because they're cold blooded. It's better. It's not why. Listen, some animals are just all about the killing. You know, that's just how it is. Killing is fun and cool. I think this book also over. I'm pretty sure the animals are all about killing too. Yeah, they definitely are. So yeah, they love killing. There are some animals that are not going to be all that are not going to be like nice from a human pers- from a human uh, perspective. That's well, yeah, realistic. But she could like try to make the case for each animal, but she doesn't. I, th- I thought the whole point of this book, the series, was like to introduce kids to animals and be like, animals are cool, right, kids? Like, what if you could turn into it like a peregrine falcon? Kids, do you know what a peregrine falcon is? It's the fastest uh, creature on earth, and it it goes really fast, right? And like, l- l- look at all these cool animal facts that you learn through well, the eyes of these kids who can turn into animals. Wow, so cool, right? No, this book is just about genocide. Caplegates here is she's teaching kids not to jump into crocodile pits, which is you know, which is which according to this book is a very big problem in today's society. Okay, so what happens in the scene is uh, they're at the zoo, and this kid jumps into the crocodile pit, uh, and then and then Cassie's like, "Rachel, stay here. I'm gonna go tell someone. Don't do anything stupid." And then Rachel's like, "Hey, look over there!" And all these people who focused on, "Oh my gosh, look, this kid's in the crocodile pit. He's gonna die." They're all like watching him, make sure he's okay. They all turn their heads to look at whatever <laughs> Rachel is pointing out. I'm like, what? What's that? And then she somehow has enough time to morph during the time where they're like, whoa, what, what's over there? <laughs> no, 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 she doesn't morph. She jumps, she, she jumps into the pit also. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. She morphs, she morphs that while she's in the pit, out of sight. But yeah, it's basically, I mean, it's almost that stupid. Why did everyone turn their heads when, like, that wouldn't work? There was a kid in the crocodile pit. You, you literally shouted. Up. She didn't even say anything, like, she didn't say anything that would have actually gotten their attention. She literally just shouted, look, over there. <laughs> <laughs> like, she didn't even say, like, oh my god, the rhinoceros is broke loose or something. <laughs> this is why I love this book. <laughs> so then she goes, so then she, she jumps into the pit, too. And then some people are like, "Oh no, the little girl fell on the pit too," and uh, and then she then she finds the kid and he's like knocked out or something, and she morphs this big crocodile. And this whole scene though, Rachel like the, Cassie is like already run to get help, and like the zoo. I'm sure the and the zookeepers are on their way, but Rachel is just so certain that like there's not the zookeepers aren't gonna the people whose job it is to like maintain the zoo aren't gonna get here in time. I mean, this is the same zoo where Jake, Jake, and Marco walk into a tiger pit and nobody does anything for like five <laughs> minutes. So, I mean, yeah. come on. Okay, all right, sure. Maybe this is just a maybe. Maybe she just knows this is a terrible zoo. But, well, it's not a terrible zoo, but it's a. It certainly is a Darwinian zoo. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So then Rachel morphs into a crocodile and says, "Hey, kid, hop on my back." And then the kid, and then they they ride off to safety. Right after the sunset. See, this this makes alligators seem cool. You can ride on them; they're fun. Wait, hold, hold up, yeah, hold up. So they're they're trying to say, don't jump into the crocodile pit, kids. And I then, do take a ride. And on then that. they literally, what happens in the book is is Rachel convinces a small child to climb on her back as a crocodile. Only time on a crocodile if it tells you that it's a good crocodile, <laughs> and that you can hop on its back. Doesn't she literally say, "I'm one of the good ones"? 
She says, I am a good croc. She says, I'm a good, I'm the good crocodile, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think that's a good lesson. I, I don't see where that could go wrong. Uh, when, uh, when she acquires a crocodile, she says, uh, I began to acquire the crocodile before he could acquire me. I thought that was a nice oh, thanks for pointing out because I'm like, hey, that 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 was something that was used in the first book, and it was done better. He's gonna acquire your butt for dinner. He's gonna acquire you and spit out the bones. Yep. So, uh, and oh, also Rachel's dumb. So Rachel's dumb. Rachel's a big dummy. What'd you say? When she's acquiring the crocodile, she's like, hmm, this feels weird. Maybe I should tell Jake. Nah, nah, Jake, Jake doesn't want to worry. He just wants to get killed, that's all. This is just, this is just, this is one of the, this entire book is just Rachel, like, freaking. Rachel destroying her character that she's built up in her eyes. And also, Rachel, like, acts like she's the center of the universe in this book. Like, everything. She like, does. She's like, I have to get on TV. Only I can save the kid from the crocodile pit. And only I can meet Jeremy Jason. And only I can. Freaking! She then she's so clever too. I have to be there. I have to be at every mission, even though there are like five other animorphs doing this, and it's just a spy thing. But I have to be there. I thought it was funny that the whole last book was all about how Jake makes all these bad decisions and does bad things, and how he feels bad about it. But the decisions Rachel makes in this book are like way worse. Like the, every decision she makes is awful, and she doesn't feel bad about it. And she's not punished for it at all. Yeah, she doesn't even. Rich, poor Jake. I feel so bad for Jake. Jake did like nothing wrong. He just like made some mistakes. Like Rachel made objectively horrible decisions. That it's like yes, obviously that's stupid. Oh, I know. I should just lie to my friends. That'll fix the. Jake problem. is just like kindergarten teacher in this book. Like Jake yeah. is the one who has to take all the responsibility. Meanwhile, everybody else is doing whatever they want. Or at least Rachel is. So much of my summary was just like Jake strolls Rachel again. Jake yells at Rachel. Jake tells Rachel she shouldn't do that. And yet he doesn't scold her nearly enough. I would have kicked Rachel off the team after this book. Well, no, then she's going to have even more of a god complex, and then she's going to try to be a vigilante <laughs> saving people. Yeah, she's just going to go off on her own and make, and then and then try to be her own animorph. Yeah, it's just too freaking bad. You know what? Rachel can be. Can, Rachel can go off, and she can maybe be they should just kill Rachel. Dude, imagine if it'd be cool if like Rachel like suddenly like if they did kick Rachel off the team, and then she became like an enemy kind of, but she was like a an animorph enemy. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. If we kicked Rachel, okay, if we kicked Rachel off the team, we wouldn't have like the, then Tobias would want to follow her, or she he Tobias would at least I mean, like cool as hell. Yeah, man. Tobias, Tobias would be a little a little um a little conflicted, and maybe like there would be a, a few more dimensions to him because he's like, wait, but I still like Rachel, but now everybody doesn't like her, but like I still have feelings for her for like who That's should I go too with? Much. I don't want to deal with that. That would be really cool. About people turning into crocodiles. That'd be so cool, man. So anyway, uh, oh, I was going to say, I think it's quite possible that they could just kick Rachel off the team and tell her that Rachel, just go turn into whatever animal you want and just wreck things. And she could probably be about as useful as she is now, if not more. They could like take Rachel to like a different state and be like, okay, Rachel, wreck things. And then all the, the Yerks would go over there and be like, oh, guys, look, this is where the Andalites are. And then, and then she, they could use her as a distraction. Yeah, it's great. That's a good, that's a great idea. Or like they could be like they could be like the animals could be doing their thing and then the Yerks try to stop them, but then like Visitor Three gets a call and it's like oh no the freaking somebody blew up the water tower and now it's gonna fall on the Yerk pool and everyone's gonna die and then he's like has to run off and save and he has to he has to run off and address that the animals can succeed in their plan. Yeah, 
Rachel's not a team player. Just let her go blow thing up, things up at random. I mean, if, if I've learned anything from this book. Well, I do like how 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 Rachel is. This has kind of been slowly building up to this book because in, in a lot of books, they're like, Rachel, tone it down. Rachel, you're trying to be the hero. But like, you know, like Ra- Rachel, stop being like stupidly brave. I've definitely like talked about that um, at least briefly in almost every book so far. So I don't think it's too unreasonable that her as a character would do this. I'm just not happy that she ended up like doing this, but I don't think it's bad writing that she did. I think it broke her character. I mean, this is just too dumb. I mean, not the crocodile thing, just like the stuff that comes later. Yeah, let's 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 move on. Let's talk about it. So we're at the obligatory meeting. So yeah, at this meeting, Rachel kind of explains to the other animal. So uh, she she describes Jake as I'll probably think Jake is attractive if he weren't my cousin. Um, yeah, you two, you two are weird. And then she described Marco, saying he's very smart, but unfortunately, he uses all his brain to make stupid jokes. Okay, maybe not all his brain. If he used all his brain to make jokes, the jokes would probably be better. Uh, and I thought that was, I like. And then she says Marco is cute. There's a lot of Marco being cute in this book. A lot of people talking about how Marco was cute, yeah. And Marco talking about how Marco was cute. Yeah. Everyone thinks Marco's cute, except the Animorphs. Later on, I'm pretty sure Rachel brings up Marco in front of her little sisters, and then they're like, oh yeah, I know Marco, he's cute. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was kind of weird. Well, now we know that Marco actually is cute, and the Animorphs just don't like him because he's stupid. Because he has a big ego. Yeah, he, oh, he has the world's biggest ego, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I I kind of like this character introduction just because th- there was like jokes in it, and it's like yeah, you know, if they they probably get old after a while, but you know, if they keep having like interesting, funny things in them, then that's fine. Uh, that that's uh, when they're talking about Jeremy Jason. I mean, there there's a nice Marco Jake friendship moment where they're talking about Jeremy Jason, and Marco's making jokes about him and about about what magazine he appeared in, and he says Wussy Weekly, Midget Monthly, The New Dork Times. And then he and Jake high five. <laughs> I also noticed that that um, Cassie is described as the most capable, in charge, and amazing person that Rachel will ever meet. Okay, I won't. I won't say that she's not amazing because Rachel probably thinks so. But capable and in charge, no, are the two two things that she uses to describe Cassie. I mean, she's a good. She's good at making peace within the team. That seems like like that might make sense in a non animorphs context, like in the normal world. She worked really hard. Not definitely not with the animorphs. Mm-hmm. Cassie's whole book, Cassie's first book was about how in how how she doesn't want to be in charge, and she doesn't think she's good at it. Her second book was about how she wants to give up animorphing to play with skunks all day. Yeah, <laughs> and and capable, capable. She almost got trapped as a skunk and a uh, freaking a dolphin. dolphin. She should have gotten trapped as a dolphin. It made no sense that she didn't. Yeah, that, yeah. If she got trapped as a skunk, as a dolphin, that skunk book definitely wouldn't have happened. For one. Well, no, just logically, I think she should have. So they're talking about Jeremy Jason and how, like, he's gonna endorse the sharing, and they should probably try and stop this. And Rachel and Cassie start drooling over that, him and talking about how they're gonna get have to get real close to him, very close, absolutely. Hmm. Well, and before, like, Jake just casually, I think it's Jake, just casually mentions this Jeremy Jason, Jim and Jim, Jace, Jeremy Jason kid. And then Marco's like, yeah, yeah, Jeremy Jason. Hey, I got this new Nintendo game. Let's play it. Uh, and then they just like, oh, Jeremy Jason. 
And I just wrote down that uh, the new Nintendo game could be Kirby's Dream Land 3, because that came out th- that year. Oh, let's go, boys! So yeah, you, you could be playing the same game that Marco's playing. I could be playing the same game that Marco's playing. Oh, so so also so also this is some good lore, because uh, Marco has Nintendo and um, Jake has Sega. That's right, not only does Capelgate know about Sega, but she's also cool enough to know about Nintendo, kids. Anyway, so yeah, they have a meeting, blah blah blah, uh, uh, elephant time? Elephant time. So Rachel is sitting in her bedroom, just staring at pictures of Jeremy Jason McCole and how and she noticing how cute he is. And she leaves yeah. the window open for Tobias to come visit her, but then she just starts looking at pictures of her other boyfriend, just so he'll feel bad when if he ever comes. Yeah, and she just she thinks it's super hot, and then she she notices changes in her body, and she starts turning into a crocodile. She has puberty. Yeah, she she notices changes in her body. Uh, no, but... she turns into a crocodile first, doesn't she? No, she turns into oh, oh, maybe yeah. She like turns into a crocodile, and then she turns. She goes straight from crocodile to elephant, which is weird because usually they have to morph into a human before they morph into another animal. Um, Wait, I had another thing to say about the meeting chapter. Oh, okay, go ahead. They ignore acts a lot in that chapter, and it bothered me. <laughs> oh yeah, they kept bringing. Yeah, it's up- been deleted. Half of that chapter was just them like bringing up famous people, and I didn't know which names were fake and which ones were real. Um, and that's just people like, oh, who's that? And they just ignored him. Uh, Every time act asked a question, Axe just, doesn't even know what an actor is. And Axe just, what? What is an actor? And they just ignore him completely. <laughs> <laughs> like, Axe really has I, to try to get attention. Risky, like a hockey player? Yeah. I didn't know oh. any of these names. I had to look up a f- freaking James Jeremy. Well, I assume Yasmin Bleeth is on Baywatch. Um, weird that Tobias likes Baywatch. Uh, does he like Baywatch or does he just know it because Marco talks about it all the time? Wasn't Hasselhoff on Baywatch or am I thinking of something else? He was on the SpongeBob movie. He had a swimsuit in that. Uh, yeah, Hasselhoff was on Baywatch. So I, I just know David Hasselhoff from the SpongeBob movie. That's it. I know he's famous. <laughs> anyway, is that all you had to say about the meeting is powerhouse a real show no uh hold on i I got a video of a theme song of a show called powerhouse with no space but i don't think it's the right show (laughs) yeah powerhouse and and jeremy jason nicole are both made up for this book i uh i sent it to the channel. i like this i want to watch whatever show this is this looks fun oh what it's live action what oh no never mind (laughs) <laughs> I like how it's just like this cool animation the whole time, and then it just like pops up as a picture of these live action nerds. Uh, oh, I thought it was really funny. Just, just a super nineties thing. Uh, she she described going on the computer as a. Uh, oh yeah, she has dial up internet. It's so funny. Yeah. I dropped out of the word processing program and logged on to the internet. I had to wait through several busy signals to reach Jeremy Jason's own actual homepage. Like, you'd, you'd never say I logged on to the internet now, and I just think it's nice. What does that even mean to... What is a busy busy signal? You had to, like... Back in the day, you had to, like, go on... I think. You had to, like, go on the internet through, like, your, your phone cables. Yeah. This episode where we, we reveal how young we are and don't know what dial-up is. Yeah. We're going to cut this out, but... Oh, uh, okay. What? Why? Because it's just us talking about history that we don't know about. I don't know. <laughs> 
I know that I know the dial-up noise. I know it goes like. Wait, so so does that mean like people are on the phone? Like people are on their phone right now, and that's that's preventing uh, Rachel from going on the internet, or is it because there's too many people on the website already? I think there's too many people on the website. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. So Rachel's looking at pictures of this dude, and then she just turns into an elephant for no reason. She doesn't know why. And then she crashes through her bedroom floor and lands in the kitchen as a fully grown elephant. Mm-hmm. Um, Nobody sees her. Nobody like runs into the kitchen to be like, "What the heck, Rachel?" Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> she has definitely enough time to to morph out before they come in and look at her. It takes like a full like minute, and she like she's like, "Oh my gosh, should I kill my family? Where are they?" And then she's like, well, no, no, no. Uh, "To to to be fair, later in the book." It does say that she was morphing at a speed way higher than she ever could on, on, on her own. So it is like this unusually quick morphing time when it's these... No, I'm talking about when she's morphing back. Uh, oh. Uh, it's human. Okay, so I was thinking, okay, do you remember that scene in Super Mario Brothers where they're going through the sewers? And Luigi's like, oh, it's this way. And Mario says, no, that's the echo. It's this way. So maybe, like, the trash echoed to the house and everyone ran to, like, the, the living room but then found out that it was actually the echo from the kitchen. No, I have the actual explanation here. It says it was Jordan's... Uh, Jordan was shouting from the kitchen and it says that she was out in the hallway. She couldn't see me through the rubble. So I guess Rachel was just covered with enough, like, house parts that she was underneath all of it. That- She's like underneath a, bus of ha- a, bu- a bunch of house parts. How did she go from on top of them to underneath them? She went through the no, floor. No, I think it, they like cracked, and then they and that like when she was going through, they cracked, and then when she hit the ground, they fell on top of her. Maybe it wasn't necessarily on top of her, but maybe the rubble like blocked the hallway entrance. Maybe they had to wait for this, all the dust to clear. I mean, yeah, I was thinking it was the room was just filled with dust. Yeah, but yeah, so she's able to morph back. Um, it it, it mentions uh. Uh, that she fell through in the kitchen, and it says a gallon of milk glub glubbed all over the place. What? When? <laughs> it says the uh, the stove sat at a ridiculous angle with a two by four piece of lumber spearing through its last door. The refrigerator was open with all its contents spilled out. A gallon of milk glub glubbed all over the place. Well, that is milk spilled. You seem to be a lot more fascinated by the onomatopoeia than I am. Well, milk, milk doesn't spill out of a gallon. It goes glub, 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 glub. I just think the- it doesn't Yeah, that seems tone. completely reasonable to me. It just doesn't yeah, fit the tone. Awesome. She's like, just catch the milk. She's like, oh, glub, glub. Like, okay, this isn't the first time Capelgate has had weird tone issues. I mean, yeah, we'll get that later. But like, that's, it's just, I've never heard someone describe milk as glub, glubbing out. But I think I like it because it's accurate. It just seems very on brand of Capelgate to me. Well, it's not that it's weird that she, uh, she thought of the milk sound as going glub glub, but instead of saying pouring, she used glub glub as a verb. It, it, and that's that's what's so unusual to me. Yeah, like when you walk, you'll say, oh, I was step-stepping all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so you're walking. Well, you, you, you say I clumped, clumped down the stairs. I pitter-pattered around. Yeah. That was an awful example because step is not an automatopoeia, but you know. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> like, like, like when you step like on a wooden floor, the heels is like. It's never been described that way. It's more like clop, clop, clop. No, I think step shine. That clop does not sound like stepping noise, does it? You talk about somebody wearing heels, dude. That's a clop. 
No, no, like 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 tissue heels, like it's like half half inch heels. Okay, where are we at? We were just making silly noises. Okay, not onomatopoetic, at least not in its weird origin. So then Rachel goes to the hospital, but she's fine. And Rachel and Cassie drool over Jeremy Jason some more. And Rachel mentions that the male Animorphs don't trust her and Cassie around Jeremy Jason, which makes me think that they think they're going to do something very bad to him. Yeah, this part's really weird. They say somehow they don't seem to exactly trust you and me alone with Jeremy Jason. On a yacht, huh? Rachel mused. He'll probably be lying in a bathing suit. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just to look at him. Rachel, I, what the I actually didn't think about that. I thought I thought like maybe they would um they would like be birds and then they would like go sit really close to him and just watch him, but then they would like forget to morph out or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That I I think that's it. Just the way it's written is just weird. Because it's this book, I wouldn't put it past them to like acquire some hot model babes and then go go, go up to him. Oh yeah, definitely. And be like, and rub up on him and stuff. I'm surprised no, no one winked in this book, but there were so many parts they should no, have. No one did wink. There was a wink. I almost took note of it because I thought you'd mention it for no reason. <laughs> I, oh, didn't, uh, I didn't write it down because it wasn't significant, stupid. More like of language. She says, My trunk slurped up into, my trunk slurped up into my face, leaving my tiny human nose, nose behind. You know, literally, like the second to last sentence is Moko winked at me. Yeah, there's three winks in this book. How? Why did you count the winks? I understand mustard. Oh, you, just control, you just control F and check right now. Yeah, I just did it right now. There's three winks in this book. Hey, well, I have something way more important to bring up. When they're talking about the yacht... More important than winking, really? Rachel talks about herself in the third person. Huh? Oh, you what? Oh, you're right. What? On the yacht, huh? Rachel mused. See, Capelgate gets the names confused, too. It's not with me. <laughs> This book seemed like a lot lazier written. Like I was noticing a lot more grammatic mistakes in this book than usual. What What did everyone think of the just like the the idea of accidentally morphing? It's, it's when you're stressed. I thought it was a, a cool idea, but I didn't like that the uh, explanation was a freaking allergy. I thought it was kind of dumb. Like I had the same problem with. Uh, this might be spoilers. I don't think it's not, I don't think it's that important of a thing. In uh, in Spider Man Two, like Spider Man loses his powers when he's stressed. I guess every time I watch that movie, I totally forget the reason he loses his powers. It's because it's when he's stressed. Blue Blue Thunder asked him, our big Spider Man fan, who was also a fan of the podcast, said, "I think it implies that it's the stress of his job as Spider Man that makes his powers stop working." That oh. sounds pretty BSy to me. I mean, that's the same thing. This is. No, because this one is an allergy. An allergy whose symptoms are somehow brought upon by Rachel experiencing strong emotions. Yeah, it's an allergy activated by stress. Well, the allergy isn't activated by stress. The symptoms are. The symptoms are. Uh, but um, but even even like love is is crushing <laughs> on someone a okay, form of stress. All, it now? is not love. It's not love. That is lust. Let's just is lust a form of stress now? I I think so. Okay. Okay, maybe maybe stress isn't like her heart is beating faster. Okay, she got all hot and bothered, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Rachel basically like got famous because first she uh she jumped in an elevator pit and survived, and then her house crashed under her for no reason, and then she survived. Um, so and then and then I was really surprised at Applegate for this one because she turned it into like a huge plot point. 
which I was totally expecting her to just make that make the house fall and then have nothing else to do with it in the rest of the book. Yeah, I was so shocked when the house fell, but she she made it make sense. I think where it like wasn't like boy, that seems really out of place. So so I think that's something that was kind of done well in this book was um Cavalgate actually uh, realizes the magnitude of what happens instead of just like acts like turning into a freaking andalite in the mall in front of tons of people. Or, or to but Marco's throwing a baseball into the mall ceiling and then nobody cares. <laughs> I, I I thought it was funny and uh, uh, realistic how her mom's first thought was to like sue the contractor because that's yeah, that is what you would do. And then Rachel's like, yeah, my mom's an evil lawyer. <laughs> well, if your house falls apart and you don't, you assume this for no reason for it. Obviously, something's up with the house, you know. Yeah, it made me wonder if, um, if like, oh, is this like, a, could this be like a money making scheme for Rachel? Could she just like go around and destroy things and pretend like, oh, <laughs> hey, that wasn't built correctly, and now now we gotta sue someone. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Rachel. So Chapman calls Rachel into his office and is like, hey, Rachel, I noticed you've you've what, what's been going on? Like, are you okay? Oh my gosh! Oh, can I read this quote? Cause it's awful. Yep. Go ahead. Amazing, he said. Then he narrowed his eyes and stared hard at me. Rachel, your grades have dropped this last semester. Not a lot, but your teachers think you aren't applying yourself the way you used to. I still have an A average, I pointed out. Barely. I squirmed in my seat. This was insane. She still has a freaking A average, and he's like, hmm, suspicious. Well, no, not suspicious. He's just worried about her. Like, at this point, I don't think he I would be worried about her if her grades slipped down to, like, a C or a D suddenly, but she's still an A average. He's just a principal, knows and one of the students is stressed, and she fell through the floor twice, and he he, he says he doesn't believe in accident, so he then... It's weird that the first thing he brought up was the grades, though, especially because... I thought that was weird because earlier she was, like, Rachel was like, oh, Cassie's so amazing. She does the Animorph thing and the Rehabilitation Center thing, and she keeps a B-plus average at school. So I assumed that everyone else was doing worse at school than Cassie. But no. Yeah. And then Rachel has a freaking name. And I'm like, okay. I think the only reason he brought up his grades is because, you know, the, the, the real reason he brought Rachel in is to try to convince her to join the sharing because he thinks that she's, like, suicidal or something because she's, like, purposely doing this stuff. Um, so, but... He has to bring up the grades first because, you know, he's he's a yerk. He's controlling the principal. So he's like, okay, I have to bring up grades because that's what a principal would do. I can't just bring this out, up out of nowhere, you know? Oh, yeah. I love I love how Rachel, like, Chapman apparently thinks that Rachel's suicidal. Oh, that was, that was weird, dude. That was weird. Which is why she jumps into a crocodile pit. You know, those com- the common suicidal route of pain for the zoo mission, then jumping and into the a hole through her bedroom door- floor. <laughs> and sawing a hole through your bedroom floor. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, oh, Chapman just wants me to join the sharing because I have nothing to live for, is what he thinks. What a okay, to be fair, person. to be fair, he did not say he thought she was suicidal. All he said was, I, I may have to wonder if you have some problems that made you, shall we say, careless. And Rachel just interpreted that as, oh, he thinks I'm suicidal. I mean, I don't really know what else it would mean. Just like a vague, like, you seem stressed, you know, and you... You I seem think so stressed that you're jumping into crocodile pits. I think that he thought, okay, she's she's stressed, and it's making her make strange decisions to do stuff like assume that you can save a boy in a crocodile pit, and it's unusual, and her grades are dropping. She's, her parents are not divorced. She's obviously in a rough place. I'm the principal. I'm supposed to care about my students. I'm going to invite her to this club I'm in and try to kind of help her out you know maybe work with her family a little bit i think he's just looking out for her get them to be controllers too yeah 
Uh, so then she morphs her feet, morph into bare feet right in front of him, and he's I, this. This is amazing. Somehow manages to convince him that they're just boots. Yep. <laughs> he's a controller. He knows what morphing is. <laughs> no, no. I, I assume she, it's like under a desk, so like he can't see them until she's yeah, 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 until she's walking out. Well, yeah, he can't. But like those still look like bare feet, and he just is. <laughs> He's a controller. He should be looking for this. He was just talking to her because she's acting weird. Don't you think that maybe no, you should be? I, I like don't think. I don't think Chapman animal more animal parts on the kids. I don't think Chapman thought at all that she was uh, one of the. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he at all thinks that she's one of the uh, uh, Andalite bandits because I think he assumes that the Andalite bandits wouldn't be going to school. You know, they live out in the woods. The Andalites are not going to go to school for seven hours a day. Like, I don't think he is suspicious at all of that. In a previous book, he did say, like, yo, they might be humans, but I don't feel like telling Visitor 3 that. That was Chapman. Chapman wonders if they're humans. And Chapman saw kids at the beach. Chapman has seen them at the beach. That's true. Anyway, can I read the quote about the fur boots? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Chapman said, go straight back to class. No dawdling. I gulped. What could I do? I bent over and quickly stuffed the torn remains of my actual shoes into my backpack. My feet were huge, like fur boots. In fact, I stood up and headed for the door. I paused with my hand on the knob. I turned back and saw Chapman staring hard at my feet. Oh, you like my new boots? I asked. Chapman smiled. The things you kids will wear. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm a fashion victim. I got out of there fast. Anyway, that part, that part was really funny and made no sense. And it was I, I like that it worked and just nothing happened from it. Well, I expected her to just turn into a bear and murder Chapman. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay. I, I literally I could not see any other way that uh that Applegate could get herself out of this one except to have Rachel turn into a bear. Oh, you like my boots? <laughs> that was so yeah, that was a letdown for me because I was like, what? Oh, that's that's all that's gonna be okay. Honestly, uh, I'm completely shocked that the only casualties casualties in this book were a Yurik and a a. a alligator made out of zero space matter like i thought for sure there's gonna be humans dying in this book with all the stuff going on how be natural how can you not love this book rachel's a freaking i i love rachel okay and i don't like seeing her treated i don't like seeing her done like this uh, speaking of rachel being really stupid after she leaves the principal's office she's like oh so uh yeah i morphed once in my room and then i i accidentally my feet morphed in chapman's office and since one of them was a full morph and one was just my feet, that means it's getting better. It'll probably never happen again. Rachel, are you stupid? And she just like, doesn't mention it to any animals. And then two pages later, she says, quote, but I was not a happy little seagull. Something was wrong with me and it wasn't going away. So she doesn't, she doesn't think it's going to go away. She's lying to herself. And also she says, I had meant to ask. She doesn't even ask Axe about her problem. She has no idea what's happening. For all she knows, like... If she if this happens to her again, she's just gonna like drop dead. But she's like, no, nah, I don't need to ask Axe about this. She she she's like she's because she doesn't ask Axe about it because she's worried that if she brings it up with the other animals, everyone would make her stay home, and we just can't have that. <laughs> stay home is an amazing idea because she broke her house. At least ask Axe, you know, like do something. Don't just think you're smarter than everyone else. This is the point of the book where I started where all my notes started saying fuck. <laughs> it was yeah uh so then they they all the animorphs turn into seagulls and they go to jj's yacht oh cool jj's a good name for him because i kept forgetting what order his names are in jeremy jason 
Yeah. I just started calling him JJ in my notes because it was way easier to type. So then Marco, Jake has a plan, and he's like, Marco and I will go in close, land on the boat like any ordinary seagulls, see what we overhear. Rachel and Cassie, you can be backup. And then before he even finishes his thought, Rachel's like, yeah, right. You and Marco go. Me and Cassie stay away. Yeah, that's really going to happen. Come on, Cassie. We're going in. And they just go. What the fuck? Yeah. Not even like, come on, Jake. Let me, let me, let me do, let me go in close. No, just like, nope, I'm not doing that. Come on, Cassie. So, yeah, they fly out to this yard and like from the distance, they listen to what he's saying. But then Rachel starts moving into like some other animal. Wait, wait, wait. I'm still on the previous chapter. Oh, what? Yeah, I have to say about the flying. Tobias is awesome. He's like really cool. He like reads the boat and he's like, Yeah, I can see the name of the boat. And then Marco's like, You can't you can't read that. And he's like, Busted, okay, I can't read the whole name of the boat, but I can see the D. And I took a good guess. I'm betting that's our wussy boy actor. <laughs> I think it's the first time in this book where Tobias like rips on this uh teen heartthrob. Like Jake and Marco have been going back and forth, like, oh, he's not that great. But here, Tobias is like, yeah, he's a wuss. I'm, I'm cooler than him. And he, Tobias is cooler than him. I mean, this wuss has turned his girlfriend into a fucking psychopath, so I don't blame him. <laughs> I, I find some irony in, in the next, in the next uh, sentence, next couple of sentences, where um, Rachel's basically like, oh, to- I know, we said goodbye to Tobias. I know he hates not being able to go with us on every mission. He feels like he's not doing enough, blah, blah, blah. Where Rachel's problem is literally she she can't handle not being part of missions every once in a while to the point where she's endangering everybody else. Boy, that's true. I didn't even think she's about like, that. Oh, Tobias, Tobias feels bad for oh, too, too bad for Tobias because he can't be in some missions sometimes. Meanwhile, I have to be in every mission. Yeah, you did strip over, or you just like didn't read the, my favorite sentence in the book. Where she says he's not, he feels like he's not doing enough, I guess, which is really stupid because really no one does more for the cause than Tobias. That is great. I love Tobias. It doesn't really make any sense though. What? Tobias, he does so much. Tobias is anamorphing 24 7. He's the chauffeur. No, he's <laughs> not the chauffeur. He's the scout. He does so much. He's always looking for half the books begin with like Tobias. It's like, yeah, so while you guys are at school, I found this thing. Yeah, Tobias like saves the animals when they do really stupid stuff by morphing into animals all at the same time. Tobias is no. the reason that they haven't died ten times. Oh, okay. Yeah, you make me feel better about Tobias. He just maybe maybe he doesn't have to go on every uh, mission. Missions are treated like way bigger of a part of being an animorph than they are. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, Rachel certainly thinks that thinks so. Yeah. Okay, so here's so here's this quote. The truth was, I felt nervous and worried and totally unsure of myself, but people expected me to be all gung-ho. If I hadn't been, they'd have known something was very wrong with me. This is just so... It's like, it's like, it's like mind-bending how... I don't even know how to describe this. It's just so terrible. Okay, so Rachel is playing a part that they, everyone expects her to be that all gung-ho and stuff. So that they won't suspect that she has something wrong with her, and then they won't kick her off the team uh, temporarily, and she, which she doesn't want because she's so gung ho and narcissistic and wants to be on the team. Yes, it's pretty bad. Like they they did the same basically the same conflict in the last Rachel book. Rachel was having trouble because she wants to do, go with her dad, 
in that case, the, the problems she's having are not with being an anamorph itself. Um, and she's not, like, endangering other people by... She wasn't being an idiot in that book. She feels, like, she feels like she would drag everyone back if she involves her own personal problems into it. And it seems more legitimate. This time, it's trying to do the same thing. But, like, Rachel's problems are a lot more involved with the Animorphs now. She's just being things. really, really, really reckless. And selfish. The last time Rachel was like, maybe I should just leave the Animorphs. Maybe I should just forget about changing into animals all the time. And it was so relatable. This time, no. I'm not running away, and you guys can't make me go away. Me. Yeah, talk about a complete 180. Wow. <laughs> like, okay, remember the last, I think it's the last Acts book, where um, everyone says, man, Acts, you're keeping all the secrets from us. You're putting us in danger. You're making us do this stuff. Rachel does so much more. She hides so much from the Animorphs. And, she puts and it's so not even justified. Them. With Acts, it was justified. With, Ra- with Rachel, it's not. Yeah, no, I, that's what I was going to say. Right? Remember how in that book, like, they kicked off X off the team for a minute because, like, he couldn't tell the truth with them, and the only way he got to make up make it up to them was by telling them some stuff? In this book, nobody, nobody even yells at Rachel after she screws up the final time. The book ends with them all just watching TV together and joking around. They don't even... Nobody gets mad at her. Nope. I, it's just so inconsistent. It, this is like this, this... You might as well say this book is, like, not even part of the series. It's just like some side story that doesn't matter, which is exactly what it is, but I hate it. <laughs> um, then they're all seagulls and they're flying after the boat and then Rachel starts morphing into an elephant and then she crashes into the water and because of her wonderful, because of her so, so intelligent decision to not tell anybody about her problems until just now, everyone has to seize their mission and try to cover her ass and save her from drowning. Why, why couldn't she stay home? Why did she have to go with them? It's, it was literally a scout mission. She didn't want to tell them she had problems, and then people it would stress out Jake if she if he knows about her problems, everyone. I don't yeah. want to stress out Jake. <laughs> I just want to kill him. I don't want all my friends to die. Anyway. And, then the, and there's, this, there's this infuriating part where she says, I was drowning in an elephant's body, and all I could do was wonder why. What? <laughs> <laughs> You wonder why? What could I have done to prevent this situation? <laughs> so, so she's like, she's like, uh, she's she's in the water and she she keeps morphing into different animals, like just over and over again while she's underwater. And the animals trying, the animals have to like say morph into different animals to save her. And then she she says, morphing, morphing, morphing. Everyone is morphing. I thought in my giddy, nearly unconscious mind, I decided it would make a good song. Oh, what fun it is to morph, to morph, and morph today. Hey. And then Marco's like, is she singing Jingle Bells? Um, what? Yeah. Why? What is this book? We just start singing Jingle Bells about morphing for just no reason. Why is it part of the book? That was like so out of place. <laughs> Do you want to read off the thing that you sent to the Discord channel? I think it's a really good summary of this book. Be Natural made a new channel in our Discord server specifically to just shout about this book in text form. I just felt the need to do it. So I said, fucking fuck, fuck, Jesus, fuck this book. What the fuck was Caplegate thinking? Was she high? This book was like, lo, 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 he, 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 doop, 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 I'm Caplegate, ho, ho, I'm dumb, dumb. 
Haha, lol, lol. What if Rachel jingles underwater? Smart. I'm smart, Keppel Gate. Ha 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 ha. TV hot boy. Ha 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 ha. Crack out time. Lol, 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 lol. I think for the description of this episode, I'm just going to put that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this book is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I read that and said, wow, this is really accurate. <laughs> okay, so, so they, they see this this pretty boy. He's making a deal with Visithi. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, put the yurt in my brain, whatever. And Visithi is like, oh, okay. And then he sees an elephant go in the water, and he's like, hold on, I gotta take care of this. And then he turns into an alien fish and jumps in. I think Visithi is likable in this book. Yeah, Jeremy Jason says, is that guy cool or what? Yeah, like, if I saw like a guy I just made a deal with and he like turned into an alien fish and jumped in water to fight off some other alien fish, I'd be like, What yeah, go. Yeah. Even cooler than boxing. I don't even like boxing, but I would I'd like that cheer for him. He turns into some weird like Kirby Pufferfish monster that like inflates itself with air and then like spits out spears or something. So then Rachel defeats him by like she's an alligator at this point, she like bites him and uh Oh wait, before that happens, uh Visithi's like, you know, all that animals like spread away trying to get away from him. Visithi's like, oh, you know, you guys going away from each other won't make a difference. It just changes the order that I'm going to kill you. Let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny, moo. And then Visithi's <laughs> like, it's mo, stupid. I wanted to say it's mo, but, you know, I couldn't. I'd be quiet. <laughs> and then. <laughs> it's and so then, weird that that's in the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jingle bells and then Visithi's three singing eeny, meeny, miny, moo. <laughs> I just love like Visor Three, like I love the image of Visor Three, like singing children's rhymes but getting them wrong. <laughs> oh, dude, I hope that returns. <laughs> Actually, um, it's kind of weird because a while back I saw a Tumblr post about um, uh, about quadruplet cows, like uh, like like cow- four cows that were born at the same time, and those were their exact names: were Eeny, Meeny, Miny, and Moo. Oh, what have I heard the human children say? Ah, uh, yes. Eeny, meeny, miny, moo. Uh, so then Rachel is an alligator and she bites him and he like, it like makes a hole. He's like inflated at this point and it like makes a hole. And then he just like flies away. Like when you blow up a balloon without tying it and let go, he just like flies away. Like he was like, ah, and then he's just, it's just not a problem anymore. He just like blasts off away. Well, my question is, how is Visit 3 not dead? Because <laughs> Hold on, I have a note here. <laughs> I have a note here. It was like freaking Team Rocket just like blasting away. It just... <laughs> was like, looks like Visor 3 is blasting away. <laughs> That's like literally what happened this time. He had a crocodile chomping on him underwater. How did he not die? How did he? All that guy had to do was just he blast it off away and landed like on land and it was fine. How did Visor 3 not keep getting chomped on for the rest of the book? Because he, he, he flew away like a balloon. Yeah, why didn't they go after him? And... Oh, I, thought she, I thought she was still chomping on him. No, she wasn't. No, she bit him once, and then he just flew away, and he just wasn't a problem anymore. He just he just flew far enough away where he just couldn't get back to them before they just left. It's freaking ridiculous. <laughs> I see why you like this book. I'm just, I mean, I knew you guys would, I, I mean, I thought you guys would like this book. Uh... I'm still kind of. I'm still too angry over See, what this is. I'm, I'm mad. I, I don't like what it's doing, but it's it's almost failing so hard that it, that all you can do is just laugh at it. This is like the first like hilariously bad book. Like book. Uh, I think it was the the skunk book, book nine. I think that was pretty close. It wasn't this funny though. 
it wasn't funny. It was just bad. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love this book. Um, is that all we have to say about that? Like, is the next scene? Uh, are we done with the scene? I think next is when they explain the uh, allergy. Uh, no, I had a question from chapter seventeen. Uh, Visu three says that he just acquired the morph, so that meant that recently Visu three was off on a different planet getting alien fish. So I was wondering if maybe like the book that Visu three wasn't in, it's because he wasn't tending to his Earth stuff. He was off like exploring the galaxy, and I'm curious about like that and like Visu three just off on vacations occasionally. Man, I want a book written by Visu three. Yeah. 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 He's just off on vacation. He gets his vac. He 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 works really hard for those vacation hours. Yeah, he's just acquiring fun morphs that sh- fish that puff up and shoot spears. That's amazing. Do you guys want to talk about when how when Axe when Rachel finally asks Axe about what's going on and stuff? yes, I would love to talk about this stupid stupid allergy thing. Okay, go ahead. It's stupid. It is stupid. Because yeah. how would you be allergic to a morph? DNA is all made out of the same the same um, nucleic acids. It's 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 all like carbon carbon phosphorus and nitrogen, in the in the hydrogen oxygen I think are the five ones. So I don't see why the adenine thionine cytosine and guanine in a freaking crocodile would be harmful, but not in anything else. Yeah, no. Something I was wondering is like, is it that Rachel is like actually allergic to crocodiles and that's why this happens, or is being allergic to a morph like a completely separate allergy thing yeah like why did it take this long and why is it something so obscure like a crocodile like surely this would have happened before right i'm assume it's just a i would assume it's just a thing that like once every so once every thousand morphs or so someone you get allergic you get a you get one you're allergic to and it's not related to something that you're actually allergic to she could be allergic to like crocodile skin maybe i don't and that's something i've never heard of before but maybe yeah i, I feel like it has to be a different thing because i don't know if I feel like crocodile allergy that wouldn't happen. I don't understand why the DNA being in her system would cause an allergic reaction, though. Because in that case, wouldn't she be allergic to all DNA? It's it's not. I don't think it might not necessarily even be like like it, it's probably like not at all similar to like actual allergic reactions. It might just be like he called an allergy, but it's like completely diff- unrelated to all actual allergies. No, no. What's happening is that the DNA is in her. And her body is trying to get rid of it for some reason. Her body, her body recognizes this DNA as a foreign element, and it's trying to expel it. I don't think that it's just a foreign. I think it's something that your body is inca- incapable with. Incompatible? Incapable? I don't know. Uh, but then, just for some reason, alligator is a special. I guess maybe. Maybe in a future book they'll explain it and it'll have a really great explanation. We'll all say, yeah, there wasn't that dumb. Listen, Applegate just wanted to write a book where Rachel turned into a bear in front of Chapman. It's stupid. It's a stupid idea. I just, I just, I think the idea of not being able to control your morphs is a cool idea. I just don't like how Applegate decided to explain it. I was like, oh, maybe she's acquired too many morphs and now her body doesn't know what to do with all the DNA. I mean, that would have been nice to know, like, when. Like okay, anytime they run to something where they morph and it's like something bad happens to them, you you think like why didn't Elfangor tell them this? You know, like he could have said, by the way, sometimes your body may be incompatible. Is it incompatible? Incompatible. I mean, he told them the most important thing, which is hey, don't stay for two hours. Like that seems like the most important thing to say. I think he only had like a minute. He he was standing with Tobias for like five minutes, just saying. No, he wasn't. 
yeah. They were busy looking at each other with loving eyes. They don't have time to explain anything. I was with him when he died. She could have said, he could have said that some DNA, like, all he could need to say was, some DNA your body will reject, so be careful for that. But he didn't even mention it, and now they're all confused. Okay, but um, actually, Rachel didn't have to do anything to expel the DNA. Like, she didn't have to initiate the process at all. It would have, it just naturally happened. That's what Axe said would happen. It was just DNA. No, he said you have to focus, or like you could like get lost. Maybe I don't know. You can focus on. I think once it happens, you have to focus on it. Like on like getting. No, it that didn't happen at all. Rachel wasn't focusing on it at all in the book. Okay, so Axe says, "Yeah, you're allergic to this thing. So what you have to do? Uh, so you basically you normal thing is basically sneezing, and it happens when you have any kind of extreme emotions. Um, like when you were like uh like nervous. Why would I, yeah? Another thing. Why would why would it's not like it's not like I get sick when when I am stressing out. Okay, that's a that's a bad that's a bad that's a bad uh you can like break analogy, out. but I don't see why emotions are connected to this in any way. Well, this is not a human allergy. This is morphine allergy. It's totally different. It, it doesn't it, it, human logic won't make sense to it. There's no human medicine that can fix it. It's it's totally different. If I like have like acne and I'm really stressed out, it gets a lot worse. But uh, yeah. So Axe says the solution. Is that Rachel has to like morph the alligator, but while retaining a human self, and basically like have a fully grown alligator like come out of her body and then just like scurry off somewhere. That doesn't make sense either, because how is her body supposed to have that much mass? Oh no! What it says is, uh, uh, you have to create a whole living animal out of the excess matter floating in zero space. Um, so do are you stealing matter from other people now? No, no, that, that's how, like, when they she, when she turns into an elephant, elephant, it's the same thing. Okay, so what it, what's it saying is that there's just a bunch of matter floating out in zero space, and you can just steal it? Yeah, that seems to imply that's how it works. That's, that's a cool idea. Max explained, like, how morphing small things works, but he never explained how morphing big things works, and this seems like a, a finally an explanation for that, where it's like, okay, there's excess matter floating in z-space, and anyone can morph something, and that's where it comes from. So I think it was cool. I was like, okay, cool, they explained that finally. I really like yeah. it when device does hawk things. Like during this meeting when Axe is talking about all this zero space stuff, uh, I think Jake like yells at Marco or something, and Marco just says, I get your point, Jake, and then he'll go watch Tobias eat his mouse, and then Marco goes off and watches Tobias eat his mouse. That was uh, kind of weird. Are we done talking about the scene and can I shout about how stupid Rachel is? I do. I'd I'd watch Tobias eat his mouse. Like if Tobias is like, hey, I'm eating no, his I, mouse. I don't understand why Capelgate decided to include the scene where Tobias eats a mouse in here. It's like in Charlotte's Web when the pig like watches Charlotte eat a eat a fly. What? Can I talk about how stupid Rachel is? Yeah, please. Rachel is really stupid. So Rachel's like, okay, I need to fix this problem. Okay, I'm having this problem. This thing has to happen, you know. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna lie about the problem being fixed, and that'll fix it. I'll tell everyone that this thing happened where the alligator came off me, and that'll fix the problem. That makes no sense. No, Why no. Is she, she, she thinks she can control her emotions now, so it's not really a problem because Rachel will just control her emotions. It's not her. But she says that she thinks they'll fix the problem somehow. To to be fair, kids do that a lot. They're like, "Oh no, I'm behind on my, I'm behind on my grades. I know. I'll just say that I did my homework and got an A, and then everything will be good." So that's just like a thing that kids do. Except this is not work stream. I've never heard a kid say that. What? You must have had a really responsible kid to your class. I had all the time kids would say, Oh, yes, mom, I got, yes, I did my homework. Yes, I got a good grade on the class, on the test. Yeah, but the report card would say otherwise. 
Well, yeah, but kids, they don't care. I know so many kids that say that anyway. They weren't saying that, thinking that, that saying that would make their grades better. They were saying that, thinking that it would get their parents off their case. Yeah, and, that, that, and that's all that Rachel wanted. Rachel wanted Jake off his case so that she could deal with it on and her be, own. Okay, chapter 9 starts with, okay, yes, I had screwed up, referring to how she lied about it, but I was determined to fix the problem. So I basically lied. And that's her solution to fix the problem. Is lying no, no, about she it lied in order to get Jake off her back so that she could fix the problem. All she has to do to fix the problem is to stay home and wait for the Heretha Lint. No, she wants to fix the problem by being the hero. That's very Oh, the, the Heretha Lint There's is no the name problem of... except for her. Yep. Heretha Lint is the name of when you poop out the alligator and fix it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it came out of her back and not like her like head or neck or butt yeah. or something. So so then she she tells all her friends that the Hvethalint happened, and then she's like, okay, I couldn't tell Axe because Axe would ask the one question that nobody else would. What did you do with the crocodile when it came off you? And it's like that's the reason Axe would know. Like no one else thought to ask. Oh, you, an alligator came out, or your crocodile came out of your body. What what did you do with it? Maybe they like uh, they assume that like okay the alligator comes out of your body, then it just like dies and floats off back into zero space. You oh, know. Okay. Well, why would wouldn't why is Axe just so nonchalant about this? Wouldn't he have been? I mean, shouldn't Axe be like, "Yo, Rachel, we should all probably stick around you when this happens. We can just kill the alligator real quick." Yeah, this is like a horrifying experience. Why would Axe just be like, "Yeah, that that's just gonna happen." Let's not tell you anything about it. Or apparently, Rachel having gone through her herethalint her wasn't like a major enough thing that the animorph, other animorphs even mentioned it to Axe. Like yeah. They're just like, oh, cool. And they don't even mention it to Axe, so Axe never asks Rachel that question. Well, she all, all she did was like whisper like to Cassie, hey, Cassie, do that thing. So Rachel didn't make it out to be a big deal. So they just thought, okay, I guess, it's not, I guess it wasn't a big deal then. She told Jake and Cassie. Yeah. And to both of them, she said, yeah, I did it, whatever, it wasn't that bad. So then Rachel decides to go on this video show, and that this uh, JD is going to be on in order to, to convince TV. him. Live TV television. show, not radio. Live television. Yeah, so she goes on live, she decides, oh yeah, I'm going to go on live television, you know, because there's no way that her the length is going to happen when I'm on there, and I'm going yeah. to be able to control my emotions, I'm not going to get too excited. I'm not going to get nervous in front of cameras like every human being on the planet She does. literally oh. turned into an elephant just by looking at pictures of this guy. Meeting him in person isn't going to do anything? Is she stupid? The Animorphs' excuse for not lo- knowing a lot about this herethalint is that they're all just so bored by whenever X talks about zero space that they just kind of glaze over. Yep. Seriously? But zero space is the most interesting part of the book. And even, even disregarding how interesting Zero Space itself is, Axe is saying you're going to secrete a live crocodile involuntarily, and they're just did, like... Did oh. he say it was live, and did he say it was involuntary? Well, they de- he definitely gave enough information that they should be asking those questions. Yeah, but they didn't. So I thought maybe they assumed that it would, it would be voluntary, and it would be a not-live crocodile. Yeah, so he should tell her how to do it. Crocodile. Why would they just Why would they just be like, that's all the information we need to know? No more questions stemming from that. Why would well, they, okay. assume they assume things like this? They wouldn't assume. It's dangerous to tell them. So, Axe says, the offending DNA will eventually be expelled from his system. You can't control when it happens. You have to be careful, especially since this crocodile is a dangerous creature. Okay, so I glossed over it too. You have to create a whole living animal. He literally explains how dangerous it is and everything that happens. And the animals just are too interested in Tobias eating a, a mouse or whatever. Well, I, I was too, because my note was about Tobias eating a mouse, not about that, and I forgot about that. 
my gosh. I don't care about the, I like I'd rather read a book about Tobias hunting than about zero space. Well, I completely disagree with you. That's why I'm excited for like Tobias Hawking doing Hawk stuff a lot. That reminds me. I think I, I, I like this I, I liked that this this whole book was like in like a very like human, like modern setting. When the last book was all like jungle based, because I, I don't really like hearing media about just like people being in the wilderness. But I like that, like most of this book was Rachel interacting with other human beings. Because absolutely, we don't get a lot of that in animals. We get a lot of them like interacting with animals and stuff. And like most of this book was them like talking to other people and stuff. And I like that. My uh, my favorite part of this book is when they were like on on the TV part, and there are all these like people in charge. Like, okay, come on, let's do this. He's gonna shake your hand. She's gonna shake your hand. She might shake your hand. Okay, go on. The, like uh, that that part where they were organizing the TV stuff, I liked a lot. I thought it was very intriguing. Me too, and I I liked I liked how they were sitting on uh on stools next to like a concrete wall, and I'm like, hey, I've done that. You've done that. Yeah, I've done, I've done lots of plays. You guys are talking about how like how 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 much you love reading about these very mundane details, and I'm like, okay, no, they're not that's... mundane because they're on a TV set, and it's see, it would be different if they were just like in the mall or whatever, but like they're on TV. Yeah, it's something that like people don't get to do very often. Like I I, I I've never sat by a concrete wall on a stool. My my play was like in a high school gymnasium. You just uh, like to you just like to read about TV. I like reading about humans. No, what goes on backstage at TV? It's stuff I don't know. It's stuff I don't see for myself. And it's that's stuff why that... I also enjoyed the rainforest because I don't see rainforests myself. Yeah, but I see rainforests on TV and they bored me. Guys, can we talk about the TV set scene? Yes. She's like going to be on this talk show, and there's also there's like five different people who are going to be like interviewed or whatever. And one of them, this guy who has a bunch of animals, and one of them's a llama. And then Rachel's just sitting there, and then the llama's like, "Hey, what's up?" And she's like, Marco, is that you? He's like, yeah, of course. Who else would be this cute? Look, I'm a llama. Ha, ha, ha. And uh, Marco being a llama, I think, really fit in with just how silly this book is. Yeah, and Marco doesn't do anything as a llama. He just does the llama stuff. He just goes on TV. He's, he <laughs> does his little llama act. Then he leaves the TV. I mean, until the alligator comes in. But Marco's only plan was to just, yeah, I'm going to be this llama instead of the actual llama. That's it. That's all he wanted to do. He had to have demorphed from a fly or a cockroach or whatever and somewhere secret grabbed this llama and stuffed it into a room and locked it there. <laughs> he put it in an empty dressing room. I thought that was really funny. There's just like this llama in a dressing room that just no one is opens, I guess. It's pretty easy to lead llamas away from people. Like llamas, I, I, I'm under the impression that if the llama is given a chance to be in a, in a room alone, he's going to take yeah. it. I just think it's funny that there's just a llama in an empty dressing room. I just think it's a funny image. So then Cassie finds out that Rachel's having this problem, and then she's like, Rachel, what the fuck? And then, because Rachel's like, of course, she's starting to have an alligator come out of her right this second. And Cassie, so then Cassie acquires Rachel so that she can morph Rachel and just go on set. And at this moment, I was like, wait a minute, why didn't they just do that as soon as, Ra- as, soon as they found out Rachel was having problems? Because then they could just do this TV thing anyway with any of the Animorphs just acting as Rachel. Because Rachel thought she was cool, and she was like, no, I, don't, I should not tell anyone that I'm ha- still having problems, and I should do it myself. That's the best and option. And Rachel's just working out great for you, isn't it? I like that they, one of the animals finally morphed into a human, because they like haven't done that at all yet. Yeah, do a hawk picture already. Jeez. Hey, guys, why don't they just uh, morph Yurks? Have I said this before? I know. they should. Like, instead of stepping on it, freaking acquire it. Jeez. What what would you do as a yurk? And it'd be so cool. What would you do as a yurk? 
cool. It would be cool. You could crawl into each other's brains. You could go into the Yurk pool and spy. Yeah, how about that? You can, you can, you can, you can crawl into each other's heads and make Rachel make fewer stupid decisions. <laughs> Dude, can I? Uh, this isn't like till the very end of the book, but because uh, you know we'll talk about what happens uh, in between these parts. But uh, at the end, uh, you know, Cassie's morphed as Rachel, and she's like, "Man, Rachel, this brain of yours—it keeps trying to get me to do really dumb things." Uh, yeah, so so it's instinctual that Rachel, Rachel, it's Rachel's instincts. Ra- Rachel is genetically programmed to be stupidly brave. <laughs> I didn't think of that. That's, just, that's very interesting. But yeah, I, I think it's interesting that yeah, now we know that when they morph humans, they do like get some of that person's like personality and stuff. I assume that yeah. that was. I assume that Cassie was joking though. Like she was just All roasting. Right. The nature, the, the nature v nurture debate has finally been solved by the animorphs. They now know that personality is completely, completely comes from genetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, can, can I talk about the reason that uh, Rachel starts demorphing, uh, like into a into a wolf or different Cassie sees her? Okay. So she like goes to this place, and then this cranky hairstylist is like, "Oh, what what shampoo do you use?" And then she like hears it, and then she sneers. Uh, and then Dad goes off. Uh, my dad took off his shoes. S C H O O Z E shoes. Oh, is there an M in there? Okay, I must have forgotten the M. My dad took off his schmooths with some people he knew. And Ty, the hairdresser lady, shoved me into a barbershop-style chair, uh, whipped a sheet over me, and began doing things with brushes. I hate being shoved around like that. It really kind of made me mad. This hair, this hair, Ty complained. Then she yanked way too hard. I hate being yanked. Like, okay, when when I'm, like, in a place and someone's, like, doing my hair, I feel really special. Like, they put a thing over me, and they're like, oh, yes, I will make you look very nice. And then they put combs through my hair, and I... I trust them. They're like, yeah, this person knows what he's doing more than I could. And I, I don't, to me, it's like this isn't a thing. It's it's a good thing, but Rachel just can't stand it. Rachel's like, oh man, I'm so cool. I can, I'm very good at controlling my emotions. And then it immediately just gets really angry at the freaking hairdresser. The smallest thing just sets her right off. J- just yeah. because she's like t- tilting her, he- her head to put her hair a certain way. Like I, I, I like that when someone's like, okay, tilt your head this way. I'm like, yeah, they know what they're doing. I'm gonna listen to them. So that so anyway, part of part of the hair at the lint thing is that Rachel gets crocodile de- crocodile instincts for a few seconds, but she's a, still a human. So then she just runs onto stage, <laughs> waving her arms and shuffling, and then she just bites Jeremy Jason McColl. Oh, we also skipped over how she got out of that whole amorphing thing. Cassie said, "Look, it's Kevin Costner and Tom Cruise too." And then the hairstylist says, where? And drops everything and runs out in the hallway. Yeah, this is the second time in the book someone's like, hey, look over there! And it just works. This one's even less... Uh... This one makes a little bit more sense, because at least this time she points out something specific, and there isn't something really, really significant happening already. You know? You're not going to believe, like, that Kevin Costner... <laughs> she even says, it's, um, it's Kevin Costner and Tom Cruise, too! <laughs> Just to really sell it to her. Yeah. And she says, where? Where? And then drops, as as if the pointing wasn't enough. And then she drops her brush and just runs. She runs out to see Kevin Costner and Tom Cruise, too. I didn't see Kevin Costner and Ted Cruz over there. Tom, not Ted. (laughs) That's totally different. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, then, and then they like they like get offended because this JJ kid is like he like tells him to leave. And they're like, who does he think he is? And they just like, get all worked up over him. If he'd hugged me like he had hugged Cassie, I would have morphed. I would have morphed big time. This seems a little just weird wording to me. It definitely seemed like an innuendo. Like just replace the word morph with uh, something else. Yeah. I would have slapped my my. I would have slapped my knee. But <laughs> okay. Uh, so any yeah. So then later, while she's got the crocodile instincts, Rachel just bite runs onto stage and bites Jeremy Jason, and then Cassie Cassie gets Rachel off of him and says she's just a big fan. Jeremy Jason, she loves you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. that at all. That's good. I mean, they've 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 had more crazy stuff with acts, with acts doing weird stuff. So this, I don't think that's too unusual. It's funny when it's Rachel. Yeah. They, oh, it's it's funny. Yeah. Point I was laughing because it's like, yeah, Rachel, fuck you. You deserve you deserve every embarrassment you can possibly get at this point. I feel like they wouldn't be that surprised because they already know that this Rachel girl, like, she's a character. Like, she first she like accidentally fell on this thing, and then she like fell through the roof. Like, there must be something weird about her. Yeah. I guess she bites. Okay, that's I'm not surprised. So then Rachel goes to the bathroom and then the crocodile just comes, grows out of her back and she turns into a bear. I don't remember why. It's probably not important. She's so upset that the herethylin is happening. And then Cassie turns into a squirrel for no other reason than just to make it more silly. Oh, and while this is happening, there's someone outside the bathroom door saying, hey, let me in. I have to use the bathroom. And she's like, no, stay out. He's like, oh, come on. I'm going to come in there. And yeah, then there's a crocodile in there, and then and the next, the next like two chapters is just them making their way to the stage and running around and having this whole whole show with the bear and the crocodile and the squirrel running like around. A bear on top of a crocodile with like a squirrel on it or something. A squirrel on top of it, yeah. And then X, but then X shows up. Oh, the lights, I think the lights all go out, which allows Axe to come out as an Andalite, and then he's able to kill the crocodile with his tail. Yeah, uh, Cassie uh, kills the lights. Yeah, and then... Man, I'm so mad, because this whole book, they're like, oh, nothing, no no creature on Earth can stand up to a crocodile. Crocodiles are the best, they're like tanks, man. And then and then Axe, Axe, Axe does with these. That's just how cool Axe is. Axe is an alien. He's not a first. First of all, I I don't believe that no creature on Earth can stand up to a crocodile. Have you guys heard of hippos? Yeah, this book really like overestimates crocodiles. It's like, man, nothing in the world can stop a crocodile. All the freaking invincible. As OP as the crocodile is, Axe is so so super mega ultra Mary Sue that he just. That's not Mary Sue. No, he's an alien. He has a really fast tail blade and it's really sharp. Cuts through everything. Have you? Have you it cut off. People's... It's really sharp and it cuts through everything. This is not I'm like one punch man. I'm just saying. I, I just don't like. I don't like that access. So no, old. listen. All the animorphs. All the animorphs have like very. All their battle morphs have like very different strengths and weaknesses, um, which is pretty cool. I think like Tobias, is. He he can only do any good by swooping in and then swooping out. Like he can't just stay and fight. Rachel is a bear. She can just like pound on people, but she can't move very fast. Jake is a tiger. is very agile, but he's not as good at pounding on people. Should I not say pounding on people? That sounds weird. Uh, not good at beating up people. Um, he's not good at uh, beating people off. I think is the correct word you want to use. <laughs> Marco as the gorilla can like throw things and hold, and hit people with things and lift things up. Uh, and Axe as an Andalite can move very fast. 
but he's not very, he's, he can't like just plow through things like a bear or a tiger. So, so what you're saying is Axe is really good at one-on-one fights against something that isn't very fast. Yes. Okay. I'm just, I just think it's weird that like Vatral was surprised that Axe killed the alligator because he can cut his hand off in like half a second, just boop, and his hands gone. I, I love the idea of that, of that, and like a million times in this book, somebody keeps calling it an alligator, and then they're like, "No, it's a crocodile." So stupid. You guys are doing the same thing. Okay, that was a dumb it's joke. A crocodile. They literally did that like seven times. Every time, I'm like this joke. Why do they keep just? Why does it no, no, it's the most the realistic thing in the book because you guys keep calling it an alligator. Yeah, it's realistic. It's not funny though. Okay, guy. Okay, okay. So is that is that like more irritating than every time Axe says? Prince Jake, Jake says, "Stop calling me Prince Jake," and he says, oh, "Yes, Prince Jake." It's not funny. It's not funny. Who's like, "Stop calling me Prince Jake." Yes, Prince Jake. It's not. I funny. think it's endearing. That was funny the first like, time, but it can get old. It's happening in like every single book. It's literally happened at least once every book, like since the last three books. Yeah, it's endearing, and also it's, yeah, it's also just these two characters interacting. It doesn't happen like eight times per book. I think it's not funny, but I do think it is. It is endearing, and I like acts a lot. Yeah, it's just not. I guess it makes it okay. We'll read. I've said this before. We're reading these books like twice a week in a, in a row. As a kid, you might not read all the books. You might only have one book. And if you if that was the case, you know, I guess it'd be fine to just see it once. I still get tired of the crocodile thing, though. That's true, because the crocodile thing is all in the same book, whereas Prince Jake is not. It's like a few times per book. Can we talk about what happens with the with Jeremy Jason and his York? Yep. Wait, hang on. Uh, did we? Uh, yeah, they come out of the bathroom. Uh... They're on stage. There's a whole. I mean, Axe is killed. Axe has to kill. Axe has to. May I know? Like Rachel has to pin the alligator down, and Axe has to like strike it with his tail multiple times. He doesn't just like one shot it. I really like it when Axe is just a really cool ally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Sony Mary Sue if he has no flaws, but he clearly has lots of flaws as evidence from like book five or whatever it was. Four. What are his flaws? Oh, what... His flaws are that he wants to follow the rules of his. No, his flaws are that he can't go to the mall without eating ashtray dust and throwing cinnamon buns across the room. Yeah, that makes him cute. Those aren't like bad things. To, to, to me, it's not endearing, personally. It's not endearing to me. I, I think it's funny, though, and it's a flaw. I don't think it's funny either. I just think, okay, whatever. It's it's a little irritating. Man, you're crazy. I like Axe a lot, though. Human Axe is the best. Probably my favorite character in the series. I don't know, Tobias is closed. And Chapman. That Chapman would be my favorite. Chapman, Tom, and that one York guy who died. Oh, yeah, and the uh, the one who wanted to take over and, like, made a deal, watch her kill Wizard 3. Yeah, that guy's cool. All, all the the characters who are only in, like, two two paragraphs are my favorites. Like, the, the real Chapman and that one York. Okay, so uh, once Axis killed the crocodile, the York leaves JJ's head, and then they're like, oh, to go and then Rachel steps on something squishy because <laughs> the yoke is so worried that the, the alligator is going to kill JJ or something yeah so so okay if like the alligator isn't going to chomp his head off like if the JJ dies does the yoke die yeah because that's how Vista 3 has been treating it well I assume with Vista 3 like he assumed like okay if they kill this antelope they're going to like Grab his head and pull, start the yurk out. But but this time, like the, he had no reason to think this alligator was going to endanger the yurk in his head. Oh, hold on, consider consider if Jeremy Jason is feeling pain, then the yurk in his head is going to feel the injuries too. Oh yeah, okay. And also, he could immobilize Jeremy Jason. The croc could. 
that's actually something uh, I'm wondering if like because the the yolk is like the way it wraps around your brain and like squeezes in like the brain holds or whatever. I wonder if like if the brain stops working, it like kills the yolk for some reason. I don't know. That's just an idea. I guess it makes a small amount of sense to be like, let's not be let maybe uh, maybe the best place for me right now isn't inside this giant this giant pile of meat called a human. But he'll be more safe as a little slug when he could get stepped on accidentally. Maybe okay, okay. Here's my theory. Maybe uh, okay. So like the the, the yerk can like squeeze into brain crevices, but maybe once it's dead, the body stops like breathing and undulating and moving fluids through it. So maybe if it's just completely just a pile of, of dead meat, the yerk isn't able to like necessarily squeeze out because it's just solid unmoving flesh you know maybe he needs those no, nobody says the that... brain turns solid after it dies the brain isn't like moving and squirming around in your brain in your skull yeah but there's, there's still fluid moving maybe the, maybe the york relies on like blood being transported to the brain in order for it to get oxygen and maybe once that stops it can just suffocate in there if it doesn't get out fast enough okay I don't know. We'll, 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 we might find out or maybe not i don't know how, how much it's, it's explained in this series I just love the idea of Yerks just crawling out. They're just they're just they're just so weak and so small. Well, yeah, because like the Yerks, all the Yerks want to do is not be little. Yerks are like this powerful race, but they're they're just they're just so cute. All the Yerks want is to not be slugs. All they want is to not be slugs, and you can't yeah. let them have that. Nope, they gotta say no. You you too bad. You gotta be slugs. You gotta sit in this slug water all day. Yeah, why would a yerk go to the yerk ranch? They could just the chill ranch, at home if they wanted to do that. There's nothing keeping them here. They could just go home, but they don't want to. Well, I mean, they do want to invade, too, but that's besides the point. They only want to invade to get bodies. Do they? Okay, like, but do... Taking away their bodies would make them unhappy, so... How many yerks are there? Two. I assume they keep like breeding. Like they they don't just breed on their home planet. They they have lots of different breeding areas. I mean, they've taken over several planets, and they plan on taking taking over like the entire Earth. So I assume there's a lot of Yorks. At least twenty. I I like, I like that the last scene of this book, instead of being this big fight, it was just like chaos. They just the animals just caused a bunch of chaos on live TV, and I think I like that more than the having like this big private fight. Yeah, at least they didn't turn into an elephant and cause a bunch of property damage this time. Yeah. So then uh, after this whole animal thing, they just say, oh yeah, this guy who has the llama, all his animals escaped and made a mess. Even though he, he And he's like, guys, those are my animals, but nobody believes him. Yeah. Okay. You're not gonna, if you have a guy who has a bunch of wild animals and he says, oh, these, are, these aren't my, these are someone else's wild animals, you're not going to believe him. Obviously the wild animal guy is the one who brought the wild animals. Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, and also, poor people who built Rachel's house who are now getting sued. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the Animorphs are jerks in this one. At least no one died. Like, the only deaths were one Yurik and an alligator that was made out of zero space matter. Hey, so what if you, like, what if you, like, someone was, like, allergic? What if, like, Cassie was allergic to Rachel's DNA and then, like, she ejaculated? I mean, what if she, like, secreted another Rachel out of her back? Oh, that's a cool idea. Would they ever kill that Rachel then? Would they just kill it, or would they be like, "Well, <laughs> no"? They give it another name, and then they pretend like it's like Rachel's visiting cousin or something. They'd like do her hair differently and have her work on the farm, so she gets smelly and doesn't go spending money. And like, yeah. they probably have to teach her how to speak English and stuff. Uh, 
So uh, the last thing that happens in this book is that Jeremy Jason is able to just leave the country and he goes to Uzbekistan where the Yurks will never bother him there. I don't know why they won't bother him there, but they won't, I guess. Well, I mean, they have no reason to go there. It's not like it's not like just people in Uzbekistan, right? And Uzbekistan doesn't have people, does it? No, no people. They're only interested in this one town. Well, okay. Yeah, that's true. Why don't they work through anything anywhere else on Earth? Why are they just in South Carolina? Well, they they want power, and the United States has is considered like a powerful nation, and apparently the U.S. can only speak English; they can't speak any other languages on Earth. <laughs> I think the only reason they're here is because that's like where they, that's like around where the Andalite ship crash landed. So they just happened to, that's where they went. The only reason they even infested JJ in the first place is because he was visiting this town. They wouldn't even have cared <laughs> if it wasn't for this town. Yep. Yeah, man. Also, like in, in the book six, when they, they only, they were like, oh, wow, the governor's coming to this town to get surgery. Yeah, now's our chance to infest him. Like, you guys can't just even leave the town. You can't even just leave the yeah, town. Why don't they just go to the governor's house? I mean, how hard could it be? Maybe this whole yuck problem isn't as big of a deal as the animals think it is. They're just trying to get this one town, and they don't care about anything <laughs> else. Yeah, like, maybe when they got transported to the future, and it was all, like, dark, and their taxons trawling on buildings, maybe he only showed them their town, and they said, okay, we're done. We took over the tri-state area. Uh, Stuart, did you want to talk about, uh, I don't know, was this after the whole Andalite thing? Did you want to talk about that? What? Oh, oh, where, uh, where someone's, where he's like, I'm getting out of here. I have to find my dad. He's here somewhere to help if someone would like, you know, get them to organized, which is Cassie morphed as Rachel saying. And then, uh, the guy says, and a light. And then Cassie says, yeah, light would be good too. I, that surprised me. I thought it was funny. A little clever, clever pun there. I don't think he said, and a light. I think he, I think he clearly said the word, and a light, like the alien. Just to get... It definitely said Andalite. How do you know? It said, he said then, well, okay, well, everyone assumes that in the book that he said Andalite in order to try to get Cassie, who is more special at this point, to to respond or something. So then the Yurk who's controlling the guy would know, okay, yeah, this is one of the Andalite bandits. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's totally reasonable to assume that he even is a controller. I think he might just be a guy who said Andalite. And I think it's possible that Rachel would just worry because Rachel's just this mess in this book. You know, maybe, because that makes sense, because she was, like, very paranoid about Chapman, but I don't think he seemed to know anything about his suspect at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's just really paranoid in this book. Well, she obviously is. It's she thinks that she... Like, she's only paranoid towards other people. She thinks that she has total confidence and ability, but she thinks that Cassie's gonna, like... Why would he have made a snorting, dismissive sound if he actually meant a light? Like, Cassie's walking away at this point. Cassie, Cassie pushed past the man... And then he said, Andalite. He, he snapped it, Andalite. Why would, why, why would he say that? Why would he just... Um, maybe... I, I, have to, I have to add the fact that we could use a light around here, and it's so, so, so important that I have to yell it. Well, yeah. they, they are in the dark. So, so maybe, maybe he was talking to, like, the people working, like, up in the stage, uh, like, the, like, in the drafters. He would just say, hey, can we have some light, please? Why did he say, and a light? That implies that he was saying something before. Maybe before that, he was talking to someone else. Isn't Rachel just like sneak up on Cassie, like talking uh, on Cassie, Rachel talking to this guy? So maybe the guy was like, hey, someone, can someone give me some water? Blah, blah, blah. Hi, Rachel. Blah, 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 blah. And a light. Blah, 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 blah. And then 
uh, he heard, he saw Rachel like say, oh yeah, give me a light too. And then he's like, this, this girl, then she's important. Yeah. That's kind of. This doesn't matter. Let's move on. No, it doesn't matter at all. Why are you coming up with these wild explanations for this guy who is not a, who you assume isn't a controller for some reason? I said I, I think it's possible that he's not, and that's if he if it, if it's true, that's an explanation that's I think it's really we're not, we're not putting him on trial, you know. I think it's a cool like uh, unreliable narrator thing where we assume that you know the reader just assumes that Rachel is right in assuming that yeah this guy is in uh, uh, control. Of course, he shall analyze. But I think it, I, I think it'd, it'd be a cool idea if like no Rachel's wrong. He, she was just paranoid. Uh, I think that's a cool idea, and I think unreliable narrator is like a cool thing that I don't see used that often. Although I don't think that's true. To me, it just makes the book more interesting. That's why I think it, and I think it's I think it's reasonable, and then it's more interesting to believe that way. So that's why I'm going to choose to. Because I think it could go either way. I think either way, either he's a controller or Rachel's paranoid. I think are both possible and equally reasonable. This but is the, too uninter- uninteresting. This is the most uninteresting conversation I've ever heard. Do you have more to say? Oh, I, I want to end. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you, you thought the conversation was so uninteresting that maybe you had like more. I don't know. No, I was. I'm sorry. I was. I was. You know, I hurt my throat early on in this episode. Was it from, the, was it from shouting about alligators? Yes, and so now I I've been kind of eager to stop talking. I feel like I've been yelling a lot during this episode, and I don't know why. Can I let you mention my throat hurts way more than it usually right, does? Why is the volume up too high or something? Like, why why do I keep yelling when I could just be normally talking? It's just this book's upsetting. That's why. Even like for me, I I, I like the book, but it is still upsetting. Okay, I'm, thank you for admitting that at least. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited for the end of Light Chronicles next week. That's all I have to say. I don't know. I don't really know what I expect you guys to say to that because you don't really know anything about this book. But, uh... I will say, uh, I just downloaded, I mean, my copy of Andalite Chronicles just came in the mail, and I'm looking at it and scrolling through uh, the uh, the chapters and looking at the cover, and I it it, it looks exciting. Like, I'm, I'm interested in this already. All I did was look at the title. We'll get there next week. Are we ready to sign off? Or does anyone have yes. anyone have anything else to say about this stupid, stupid book? I, I love this book. It was, it, it was stupid. But I liked it. Yeah, that's a good explanation. It was stupid, but I liked it. So I didn't. I don't know whether to like it or not like it. So just reading through my notes, I kept smiling. Just reading my notes, I was like, "How? How can I say I hate this when I'm just smiling, reading my notes about the stupid?" Book? Yes, this book put a smile on my face. So I was at the end. I was like, "Man, this book kind of sucked." I mean, it was all over the place and had a stupid plot point, and Rachel was infuriating. But I just, I had a good time reading this. I am smiling on my face, and it's. There's a bunch of stupid jokes and alligators, lol, 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 lol. Glad you guys enjoyed it. Man, I can't believe I said that. I didn't even mean to alligators there. I can't believe it. Uh, but I, did, I didn't enjoy this book. I, like, I guess I love Rachel too much. I don't even love her that much, but I, I care about like character consistency more. Even though that's a very lost cause to care about. Like, I, I, don't, I didn't think that, that Rachel's character was very inconsistent. Like the, I wouldn't say inconsistent is the way I described it. I'm not... I'm not happy what she did, but it doesn't seem very off-brand for Rachel. Rachel in book two was so good, and book two was great and serious, and it was really good, and had Rachel like helping Melissa with her depression by just turning into a cat and spending time with her. In book three, she was helping Tobias with the talk depression. 
And she's been yeah. really cool. And we haven't really seen any of that like since book three. All right. How about how about I'll, I'll say this? Rachel is a lot more one dimensional in this book. Yeah, and I I enjoyed this book, but I really hope that this is not the end of like the interesting, helpful Rachel character that we saw in books two and three. Yeah, yeah, we we haven't had like a really serious book since the the third one, and I'm afraid that the series just lost that. What book eight was very serious. Was it? What is book eight? Book eight, the one that started with Axe calling on the floor with popcorn. Yeah, that, that didn't have. Like alien, like Andalite and humans relationships, and like the, the yeah, that's sci-fi. Yeah, we met Visor Three's host. It was very serious. That it, not in the same way that books two and three were. I think. No, book two and three are very real, like serious. We dealt with like, human emotions and stuff. We haven't had anything since then. Okay, I guess so. Yo, are we sign? Do you have anything else to say? No, I think we need to learn how to not record for three hours at a time so then we could we like with the last episode too i think we get exhausted by the end this was the longest one by far i, I think there's a lot of t- tangents that will be easy to cut out yeah. well no but still we don't want to be exhausted at the end i'm very tired uh i'm being don't, actual don't, don't sound tired in your sign out sound all excited <laughs> you're fine i'm being natural i'm being natural i'm signing out i'm better goodbye I'm Mustard. Join our Discord server and follow us on Twitter and YouTube. That's my sign-off. Everyone's going to hate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't like any of the videos. Don't subscribe, though. Just follow it. Just, like, look it up every, whenever you, you, you feel like it. I'm Make sure. sure to, be sure to comment the word... Drugs. Be sure to comment the word poop if you watch to the end. Yeah. Be sure, be sure to comment. This book was like la 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 la. Hey hey who he doop doop doop. I'm crapped. Oh I'm dum dum. Ha ha la 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 la. What if Rachel jingles underwater? Smart. I'm smart. Crapped. Ha 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 ha. TV hot boy. Ha ha ha. Crocodile time. La 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 la. If you watch all the way to the end. It's just silly. How are they supposed to know how to spell that? It'll be in the description. The description of this episode will just be that. I, it's I'm sure. It's so easy. I've tried to sign off like five times. <laughs> People keep talking over it. It's funny. I'm Stir. Bye bye. Thanks for watching. I hope you had fun. I hope you enjoyed. Why? Why did the gopher get in trouble in the library? Because he was digging holes in all the freaking books. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, you said a Idiot. gopher. What do gophers do? Dig holes? He was going for the gold. He was going. Hold on. I gotta look at what a gopher is. Gopher. Aren't those people who, like, use clubs to, like, swing balls and into holes and, like, get, like, teas and eagles? Shut up. Okay, Google gopher. And this, is, this is a gopher. So we gotta think about what this guy would do to get in trouble. Can I just say, uh, Batter was very close with the first guess. What? How? He was digging holes in all the books. That that is very close to the actual answer. He was he was being a bookworm. He was he was booking it. He was the, the last the, the the answer is five words. I mean the first word is four, and the last three words are too many books. For eating too many books. For digging For... too many books. Oh. Okay, gophers bur- burrow tunnels. So, uh. For borrowing too many books. Oh, burrowing too many books.
Yes, that's the answer. God, good. Burrowing I've never heard that one. Books. That one's sorry, novel. Oh! You have to know what a gopher is. Like, I Googled gopher and this tortoise came up. You actually not know what a gopher is? I think they're rodents. I think they're little fuzzy animals with little whiskers. I don't know what they do. No, no, no. I remember this from elementary school. The gopher is the person that the teacher sends out of the classroom to go do errands for them. Yes, oh. that is a gopher. I never heard that. The gopher is the person who wears sweaters and plays golf. It's a go, 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 golfer. Okay, bye. <laughs>